What's up, everybody, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Soccer Block Podcast. I'm Gwen, and we're here at the Adger Freeman home, and I'm here with Chelsea and Kimberly. How are you, ladies? I'm all right. I actually am currently sick, so I don't normally sound like this. So if I sound weird, I mean, I might normally sound weird, but I don't sound this weird. So I'm, I'm hanging in there. Kim? I'm doing good. I hope you get better, Chelsea. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so we are here joined by two special guests from the MLS podcast, The Call Up. <gasps> We're here what? with Jillian Sakovitz and Susanna Collers. Yes. Yay, give them a round of applause. Bravo. What? I think this is our first time being I know. I was, Jill, okay. I was just saying to Jill, I'm like, I, this is so fun being like, on the other, other side, side of this. Like, Especially with you ladies. I know. Aww. We're like, you guys are in charge, and this feels great. But we're so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. How are you guys um, doing? How's your March been so far? It's oh, Women's man. History Month. Women's History Month, which is... And uh, the season has begun. I know. I know. We're in full swing, back at it. And uh, yeah, just ready to get back on the grind, yes. as they say. Yes. And so, celebrate women's history. Absolutely. Yes. More importantly. We love that. To celebrate Women's History Month, we will be talking about women in sports, specifically soccer, but we'll talk about all sports here. Sure. So just a little bit about your podcast. How do you guys get into podcasting? Why you guys decide to get into podcasting? Kind of the full story. <laughs> okay. You want to what? I don't know. Like, what's I'm, the genesis okay. of this? So I love the way that this came about, <laughs> and then I'll let Susanna go on with it. But basically, Susan and I started at MLS together a few years ago, and then very quickly we just became friends because I don't think either one of us had a confidant or a sounding board that was also a woman, but also just besides from being a woman, someone that we felt um, I could, we could trust and just vibed well. And just when you become friends with someone, it's so natural. So a few years went by of us like talking in bars or meeting up after work, and we would discuss a player or something a player said to us. <laughs> and like, after a couple of years went by, we were like, there's fans out here who would enjoy these stories. I know every friends group and every group chat thinks like, oh, we're so funny. We should have like our own reality show. We should have our own podcast. But we really were. But we were. <laughs> <laughs> but we were the real deal. Uh, and we actually took it to MLS and we were not surprised, but really, I think, complimented by how, much, how receptive they were. To yeah, it. I think, um, you know, we... Like Jill said, we had always, we were like, man, I think people would actually really enjoy hearing the insight that we have because we are so close to the game. You know, we are the ones that are doing the sit down interviews, the features. We're at the games doing pre and post game interviews. We'll see these guys, you know, randomly at the hotel and yes. like, you know, like Run we have all these the exactly. Corner. You have all these these interactions that most people don't have. They're not that close to the game, and so we had talked about the idea of of starting a podcast and. We were a little, I don't, we weren't nervous to present it, but we weren't entirely sure yeah. that it was something that MLS would give the green light to. Um, and so when, you know, we were very thorough in terms of our like preparation and our, our mm-hmm. presentation, we were, had a very clear vision for what we wanted it yeah. to be. And I think that actually helped us because when we went in to pitch it, you know, we had an answer to every question. We knew exactly what our voices were. Jill, you know, Jill and I are very, very good friends, um, but we're also different people. And so we knew that we would complement each other well. You know, it was, uh, the chemistry was already something that was there. And like Jill said, I think we were just 
not surprised, but just really grateful um, that they saw enough value in our voices and what we had to say that they were willing to say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. And it's only it's only the second like MLS sanctioned podcast. Yes, or maybe the third. I think there was one. But rest in peace. R.I.P. Yes, exactly. So it was extra time. This other one, R.I.P. And then the call up. <laughs> so and the fact that it's hosted um, by two women um, is really something I think that you know Jill and I don't like to. We don't like to harp yeah. on it too much, but it's also a real point of pride for, for both of us. That we like have male and female listeners. And, and, I, and I understand where it comes from, but I think originally when we pitched it, I have a vivid memory of a couple people being like, oh, so you'll have female guests yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you'll maybe talk to female um, supporter groups, you know, or the fan groups, and you'll talk to like female presidents. And we were like... I think we like went with that a little bit because mm-hmm. we're like whatever kind of gets this thing up and going, we're willing to, right. to do. Sure, we can we lean into play that the game a little bit. Yeah, but we very much have become a podcast. Sure, we'll have two minutes where we giggle about soccer hair <laughs> tripping on a player in the tunnel. Oh um, boy, we, we don't. We're not. Has it's not about just being women, you know. Yeah. And most of it's not. We we are two women who no one at MLS is closer to the game than us. We spend most of our years on the road, so we have stories that no one else knows. And I think the biggest compliment we got when this thing got up and running is listening to us. Someone was like, I feel like I'm sitting with you at happy hour. And that's how we wanted someone right. to feel yeah. like that. They're just part of our conversation and we're not experts. We're not talking at them. We want people to feel like they're a part of it. And it was, there was a need for it. There was a space for a podcast like this because there are so many soccer podcasts, yeah. right? That, that can break down the X's and O's of the game and you know, you can get into the, right. the technical side. Um, but this is this, we feel like this is a really accessible Podcast, you know, it's not it's not just for women or it's yeah. not just for men. It's you know, it's more about there's a lot of human interest. Um, it's a lot of the the kind of emotional side of the game as well. And we'll talk about games if you know there's a, a big matchup happening. Sure. But um, and we're certainly capable of doing that. But this is this is just a different side of the game. And as soccer continues to grow, especially in North America, you know, I think it was important to kind of uh, jump in on the space and kind of take ownership of it. And off of Suze's point, we didn't, it, yeah, okay, it, it's soccer, but like you look at any sport and what people want to know, like the NBA, right? It's all storylines. It's, oh, like Damian Lillard rapped at the All-Star game. Like it's all the, <laughs> the stories, like the human yeah. narrative is what drives why we love sports, right? So when her and I have to spend 100 nights in a hotel <laughs> well, and, you know, be almost missing flights and all this stuff, it comes with a lot of cool stories and moments that, we are really lucky, and I think we feel really uh, proud of having a moment to share those with, with people. Absolutely. I mean, like you guys said, being a female podcast, right? We don't want to just be like, oh, they're women. They're going to only talk about women mm-hmm. issues, even though that's what we're doing today, but there's a reason for it. Also yes. can celebrate. Yes, yeah, we yeah. Can for celebrate. sure. Because it's just great to have women in general talk about all sports. For example, like when I was growing up, and I'll say like I'm a sports fan, it'll be like, so name five players. Like why? Oh, they like, like to and test it's you. It's so annoying. Yeah. So it's just great. You to have, have to. You always yeah. felt like you had to prove to prove it to your knowledge. Like you would never ask the guy next to me yeah. the same question. So it was always great to have two females talking about <laughs> sports in general, the background stories, like I said, all the funny stories, because it's not just about the technical of the game. It's kind of like everything that comes with sports in general, and it's just great to be able to relate to have an episode like this because we know it could be done. Amen. Guys. Yeah, stop, girl. Stop testing people. It's so obnoxious. It is right? so obnoxious. Yeah, I don't there. need anything mansplained to me either. Thank you. 
I think it's really cool because um, Gwen and myself, we're really close and we're very different people, but we're also very alike in the sense that we're very picky, yes. but our personalities are the exact opposite. <laughs> so we butt heads, but when we sit down and con- like have conversations, I promise you the people around us are like, what is wrong with them? Because we're just like a little bit crazy, but we talk about the most random things. And I feel like when you're in a podcast and you're talking about topics, for example, like sports, it's entertaining. Like when I listened to you guys, it was entertaining because like you said, I felt like I was there and it wasn't forced. It was like genuine. Yeah, honestly, I'm not even just saying that because you guys are sitting here, (laughs) but I think that's what when people tell you that, it's like, wow, like, thank you, because I'm being myself, and I'm talking about something that I genuinely enjoy doing, and the fact that that's your lifestyle, it's like, you're so blessed, and you're so lucky to say that you live that life, and the fact that you're sharing it with your listeners, I think that's even more awesome. Wow. I know. Literally the nicest thing anyone could say, and I, I, that, that means the world to us, because I think that's exactly what Jill and I wanted to provide when we started this thing and that's exactly the reaction that we we wanted people to have you know is like to to let people in and what you said something that just kind of like hit home um so much which is be yourself you know yes. and i think in this industry especially um you know Some, women right? yeah being a woman in what is a predominantly male uh <laughs> dominated industry it's sometimes hard to you sometimes feel like there's pressure to sort of you know fit into a certain mold and I think that Jill and I have both had different experiences and different like paths to get there. But the thing, the reason that we are in this position now is that we were both very true to ourselves and our own voice. And this podcast is sort of um, the you know cherry on top of of all of that experience. And and to hear that people are responding to it, and especially like young kick butt you know podcasters like yourselves that that has that are also a female. That I mean. When I say it, just it warms warms my heart. And Suze is so good with the be yourself thing. Um, and I want to be really real here: is people will always tell you that, like, oh, we want to see your personality. Yeah. We want you to be yourself. But when you when you're first starting out and you're trying to figure it out, and you're like, well, okay, I'm watching this w- woman do sideline, and I'm watching this woman at the anchor desk. You have people you need to follow. So while it's good to take notes from different people, you need to stay true to who you are. But don't get me wrong, like Suze knows, a couple weeks ago I called her like on the verge of tears based on something that happened at another gig, being like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know, like they had gone with someone else and whatever. And you know, you start second guessing, what do they have? You know, and that's yeah. that, that, that will follow you forever. So it's something that Obviously, once you get a couple yeah. really good gigs and you're like, oh, I'm doing this and doing that, it's so much easier to be like, I'm <laughs> me. But as you're growing, it is hard at times to like to, to keep that under wraps. And it's also important to have yeah. these female yes. relationships. If too, I didn't have her. To, like, honestly, like, and you know, the fact that you guys all have each other to kind of like build yeah. each other up. And because yeah. and, and, you are going to have those moments. You're yeah. going to have those moments where you second guess yourself. Maybe you're not feeling as confident. Uh, on one day when you're like, what am I doing? Do I actually know what I'm doing? Um, and then, you know, to have the people that have your back and, you know, Jill is certainly that and like you ladies have that. And that is, I think that that keep it, embrace it, share it, spread it, put it out there. Um, because it's, it's so important as you try to pave your way in this, in this industry. I think that's so important because there's so many times in Chelsea and like everyone here can attest to that, that it's just, 
I do something and I'm just like, well, was I supposed to say that? <laughs> like, you're kind of, as I think it's just society as a woman, you think, you second guess everything. It's like, am I supposed oh. to say that? Was I supposed to write an email that way? Was I supposed to come approach this person? Like, it's just so hard. We overthink. Ev- yeah. Everything. Girl, we overthink. <laughs> and it's true because I'll go and I'll be like, was I being crazy? Or did that actually happen? Or am I overthinking this? Am I overreacting? And I just think that's just something we're taught from when we're very small to just think that way and go about situations. Keep in that. that. Way. Don't lose sleep over it. Like her and I, her and I will end up sending Instagram messages to each other, like DMs at like 4.03 a.m. And we're like, why are we up? Why do we have this stupid anxiety right now? Like Literally. no joke, it happens. But I think a part of that keeps you on your toes, but you definitely need to keep it in check because you can yeah. let it like take over. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> That's like, we go back and forth on that all the time. <laughs> but moving on, like you guys said, women are usually put into a box and a lot of things happen. So moving on to the Women's World Cup, there was some controversy there mm-hmm. with the U.S. Women's National Team with them over-celebrating, as some might say. Um, I was hearing you guys' podcast over the summer that you guys did. How did you feel about that? I know there was a lot of oh, emotions behind that. Oh, I've got strong feelings <laughs> but behind it. Did we discuss that? Did yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I mean, I, I have absolutely no problem with them celebrating. Because, oh, yeah, I mean, I was I was fine with it. Um, Jill and I were actually watched that game together, the game against, was it Thailand? Uh, yeah, Thailand. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it was like 13 nothing or whatever yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. something ridiculous. Um, and I, the thing that upset me the most was that <laughs> it was it was a bunch of dudes that were basically berating yeah. these yeah. women for for celebrating. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, like I'm Rose Lavelle. I just scored a goal in a World Cup, and I don't care if the score is ten nothing. I don't care if it's it's nil nil. Like. I just scored a goal in a World Cup and I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to celebrate it because these moments aren't promised and you have worked your entire life to get to this point. And take it. Own it. Yes, celebrate it. And I and I didn't find that it was directed at the Thailand players. I didn't feel like they were rubbing it in their faces. In fact, and I believe that the Thai team was actually like, yeah. we didn't... We yeah. were fine with it. Yeah. I think they it even was, asked the coach. Yeah. Afterwards. She was like, no, she was like, no, no it's, fine. it's fine. And that was my biggest thing is, sure, if the Thai team walked away, like, I think that, like, that Thai, you know, you, you can't compete, right? Like, yeah. Thailand and other countries don't have the infrastructure that, like, the U.S. has. But if they weren't offended by it, no one else should be offended by yep. it. Yep. I, I don't think it would have been nearly as big of an issue if it, if it was... The men's national. Oh, for sure. Team. It probably would have been a trend. Yes. Honestly, yeah. At yeah. This point. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I'm not an athlete. I mean, Kimberly and Chelsea kind of play soccer, and I just feel oh, yeah. if it was us in that position, I'm pretty sure they would want to be celebrating their goals 100. Like, you don't know when's the next time you're going to be in the exactly. World Cup. And they had just yeah. been through the ringer with everything that they had kind of going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So I think that there was just so much emotion and so much kind of cultivating before those moments and it was I think it was a lot of sighs of relief for a lot of those Mm -hmm. players like they were just happy to be back happy to be going for yet another title and And to have that moment on that big of a stage it was no disrespect to the to the Thai women yeah I mean I think one thing that did kind of bother me from that Mm because you said it was it was a lot of men who were talking about it but also the it was I think it was a former Canadian women's national team player she kind of like ripped on them a little bit and I was just if you were in that position Mm -hmm. you would have want 
every single women's team to be behind you. I like, mean, I feel Canadians like... Because like the nice card. Yeah, that was a little bit of sour grapes yeah. right there. That's what, that, that's what that felt like. Um, and unfortunately, I do think as, you know, women, we are capable yes. of, of, you know, being not very nice to each other sometimes. Sadly. And in those cases, I wish somebody like that would just say nothing yeah. at all. Just yeah, say nothing. Sure. I mean, all you know, rivalry, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. It's so hard to judge when you're not in their position, yes. right? Which mm-hmm. so few of us obviously have been. And maybe that player who's now a pundit was sad that they're not <laughs> in position. <laughs> um, Susanna, you actually went to France for I the did. World Cup. How yes. was that? Oh, oh my, God. my God. I mean, number one, I think going to a World Cup has been a dream of mine since yes, I was oh a God. wee little tot. Um, so it was a very surreal experience. And I got to go to um, the US, USA was playing Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this was their second match of the tournament. And um, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Just the the scenes outside the stadium, um, all of the fans just, you know, sort of celebrating together. There was a huge contingent of Chile fans that were there, and they were amazing, so and incredible. just having the time of their lives. And then, of course, the U.S. fans. And I, it was really emotional. Um, you know, it was one of those, like, pinnacle moments for me where it was like, oh, my God, like, I'm at a world cup like it doesn't really yeah it doesn't it 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 really wasn't so I I I got emotional when I walked into the stadium and then as um I got emotional when the team walked out and then as they were playing the national anthem I mean it just like couldn't help it It was like tears in my eyes and especially and I think um I just feel so fortunate that I got to watch that particular team play and Carly Lloyd came in on that game and it was just I don't know. I just had goosebumps the entire time. And Chile had played so oh well. Their God. goalkeeper yes. had like the game yeah. of her life. It was unbelievable. And so to and then to see like the United States fans like cheering for her as well because her performance was so outstanding was just so cool. It was just one of these like not to get like super cheesy, but like, you know, it like they call soccer like the great unifier, yeah. you know, and in yeah. that in that particular moment, I think in those World Cup moments, like you you get to see it on display. One hundred percent, and it was just, it was, it was amazing. I was there with uh, Florian Velo from the New York Red Bulls, and he's a Paris native, and so, oh, and wow. he was, he, I mean, he was just as as jacked as yeah. I was, which made the whole thing even cooler. So, I love that pinch I me, know. pinch me, pinch me moment. I still can't believe it <laughs> happened. It's honestly, it's like the best, my favorite moment I've had in my career. I know that was incredible because I feel like a lot of. I guess you can say underdeveloped women's soccer team showed up in this past World Cup. And I just feel in 2023, if I'm getting that number right, I ain't good at math. <laughs> I just feel like the Same next girl. World Cup, we're going to be surprised. Because Argentina even did good. Chile did good. It was just yeah. so surprising. And I mean, me and Chelsea kind of go back and forth when it comes to like the U.S. women's national team and other teams. A lot true, of times. A lot of times we don't see eye to eye when it comes to this because it's kind of the U.S. Women's National Team has so much more resources, so much more money than other women's team. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean... Well, I see it as, like, that doesn't mean that we can't show support with them and just kind of... I understand, like, other countries don't have that. And she's right, like, 100%. I think all the countries need to back up their women's national team. Like, for example, in Netherlands, I don't know his name, but he's from, like, the men's soccer team in Netherlands, and he supported the women's national team. And because of that, their supporter group yeah. behind yeah. was insane. And I think that's what every country needs to do both teams to support each other because then the fans will follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, who was the the country? Was it Jamaica that had a really cool... Oh, yeah. Their um, coach was... 
Bob Marley's, Bob Marley's like that's right son or something like and that. And it was like a private a guy was coaching for free like yeah. without a paycheck for like oh, yeah there's wow. some, yeah there's some great oh. stories within the World Cup that that's it's like the Olympics mm-hmm. right which is coming up and that's what you love it's again it's the human drama it's the human interest but that the the U.S. women what what's really cool about them is that this is a, an opportunity for them and I think they've seized this opportunity there's to be sort of that like beacon yes. yeah. for for women's soccer. Around the world, you know, and you can see like the amount of support that they had, um, all the people that showed up for yep. the parade. The more eyes that are on that, and the people see how you know the United States is embracing the women's game, that's going to trickle down. That's only oh, going to sure. help. That's only going to help countries like Argentina and some of these South American countries and and teams in Asia. Like mm-hmm. they, you know, the United States has basically created this model for what what it can be in terms of the support um, yep. that can come with it. And so I think there's a long ways to go, of course, but it's, it's building and yeah. it's growing and we're seeing it firsthand. And, and the thankfully. Women's World Cup was a perfect example of it. These women being the rock stars that they are is good for everybody. Like yes. no one mm-hmm. is losing because of Megan Rapinoe. People are mm-hmm. only winning because of like her and the things that she does. So it's, it's only a matter of time. So Kimberly was also in France for the Festival oh, cool. 19. She's going to talk about a festival that kind of happens during every World Cup, and she was able, she was so blessed to be able to go yeah, to France. Lucky. <laughs> so lucky. Um, so yeah, Festival 19 is just like, uh, takes place in Lyon, France. We were in Lyon, France for about two weeks. Different countries from the world just come together, play soccer. We have a festival, and it's based on gender equality. So we combine teams with different countries, and my team was, it was me, Paris, who's here today, <laughs> um, people from Hungary, and I think Greece. Oh, cool. Yeah. How, what, what was that experience like? I mean, how, like, in terms of, like, communicating and just, like, how, do, how, would, how did you guys sort of build the relationship and rapport on the team? It was difficult at yeah. first. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there was one of the guys from our team. He, he's his English is pretty good, mm-hmm. so that's like he translated for his friend, his teammate, and then um, either we like had to talk to them through gestures or like try to you know create different images in their minds to tell them like what we trying to do on the field. Yeah, <laughs> that is so so cool. That's awesome. How many people ended up coming? Like, what was the the total amount of people from here it was uh Ferris and I mm-hmm. and I think four SVU girls from so South you guys Paris. representing yeah that's oh, awesome that's so fun. that is so so cool did you get to see any matches while you were there yeah I got to see the semifinals. And oh my goodness <laughs> that's quite a big deal wow yeah. and um the final Whoa! Wait, start with that. <laughs> yeah. Come on, She's Kimberly. Just casually, what? just like the casual. That was final. so casual, and and the final. Just the final. Yeah. Oh, the that's final. fantastic. That I'm like moving in my amazing. chair of excitement. And I wasn't even there. <laughs> that is, I literally almost booked a flight back to France after I got back because I was still on this like World Cup high, and I was like, I need to be there. It was just. How I are the streets? Almost was it like it. crazy of like people just embracing soccer? Because I know. Soccer is, well, they call it football, but soccer is really big in European countries, especially France. How were the streets? Was it like, there was constantly like a lot of things going on or people like on the streets celebrating? How was that like? Yeah, definitely. Outside the stadium, uh, the supporters, especially the Netherlands, they had a a great support uh, group and 
it was crazy. Like they had the drums going yes. and then they had people singing, dancing. And then outside, just like they had like a screen where the, where the trucks were like for food. Um, people were there uh, as well. Same support. It was crazy. It's really crazy. So you could watch the game without having to be in the stadium. Yeah. It's so free. cool. <laughs> I love free. Oh, I love that. So no, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. There was um, Copa 90 who um, is based in the UK. They had like a headquarters in Paris that they then moved to Leon, and it was really cool because it was basically they created this space for like viewing parties so you could literally just like show up and it doesn't matter where you're from who you supported whatever like just show up um at these like really cool spaces and watch the games like and it was i mean it's just that's kind of like it's what it's all it is it's what it's all about and it's like you know just soccer fans uniting and new york tried to do it a little bit um like different bars across the u.s try right but we don't always have like the infrastructure to do it but I liked how I saw um, different groups across the U.S. and different stadia kind of making little viewing parties. I think, was it Minnesota United who inside um, Allianz yes. Field, their new stadium, yeah. like, invited everyone in and on the big screen just like put it on. So you could come in and kind of, I think, use like their concessions mm-hmm. and like catch the game. So it was, it was cool to see the U.S. kind of jump onto that European model, whereas in Europe yeah. it's so normal. They're like, well, we are going to the beer yeah. game. <laughs> and it was, it was cool, I think, especially this time. Oh, but yeah. The first one, as you mentioned, the tie game, we watched that outside in some square. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. it was in midtown. Somewhere. <laughs> we watched it on a big TV. That's awesome. Um, so kind of piggybacking off the Women's World Cup, after that, the NWSL kind of got the hype after that. Yes. Um, Budweiser actually became the first beer sponsor, which when I heard that, I was shocked because I just assumed they had a sponsor already. I mean, like sports and beer, especially in America, kind of go together. I honestly did not understand like why it took this long for them to finally get a beer to sponsor them. It was just, it was shock. It was like a great moment, but also like, what the heck? And the TV deal that came after that of them, um, jumping on of some ESPN games. It was so cool, right? We were all so excited. Like, oh, this is going to be huge. Um, some regular season games and then the playoffs and the final were all aired on ESPN or ESPN channels, but it was disappointing, but I think that people didn't know that unless you're a diehard soccer fan, especially a in of the NWSL, people didn't realize like, oh wait, I can't just turn on my yeah. TV and, yeah. and watch these it used games. To be on Lifetime. So while it was disappointing to see that, to see what them being quote mainstream mm-hmm. for a month did, and I think what we're gonna see now going forward in 2020 with their broadcast deal, it's all good stuff for a league. Broadcast deals yeah. are so important to a league's success and a league's growth, and the NWSL is deservingly going in that direction yeah and I think to your point like you know the fact that they didn't have a a major beer sponsor um is just really indicative of how far we still have to go you know and and sometimes as sobering as that thought is and as frustrating as that can be it's moving in the right direction you know and so it's frustrating that it's taken so long but at the same time, we're, you know, we are still, we're still fighting the fight, you know, like we're still, we're still in it. And I think this team is only helping. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they do have this platform now to, to sort of be these, you know, these beacons in, in the fight, but we still have, we've got a lot of work to do, yeah. but I think it's good to acknowledge that because sure. it's going to make yeah. people fight even harder. Here's an example, like the NBA and the Olympics, for example, like you go see LeBron James play um, for Team USA in the Olympics, right? And everyone knows, well, when he comes home, he goes back to his NBA team. Like, Mm -hmm. I would be having a conversation with a very smart sports fan who maybe wasn't so versed in soccer, 
and they'd say, oh, I can, I can see these women play. And I'd be like, <laughs> yes, like, you know, they, in Chicago, in Portland, you know, yeah. and there's other MLS teams that are like kind of rumored to be starting their own NWSL teams that you can see this rock star come home and play yeah. for her club team. As silly and simple as that might sound, a lot of people didn't know that. And I think it was great to see them get the notoriety of, yes, they don't just play every four years. Like you yeah. can see well, And women. then like Jill and I were at the parade in New York. In <laughs> like New York, hanging down on a <laughs> I know we were such fangirls though, but no access by the way, literally no access. <laughs> um, having a great time, <laughs> but it would like, you know, you see all these young girls yeah. Young boys wearing Megan Rapino jerseys, and I'm that. like, oh my god! And the fact, like, I think that that's that's what's going to make the NWSL the thing, right? Is that these kids are parents are going are like, oh my gosh, they're accessible. We can yes. go and watch these players. It doesn't cost a fortune to go to an NWSL yeah, game. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's an affordable yeah. thing. Um, you can go see these yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome Bring players. This high quality. Of soccer from around um, the world, exactly, and that and that I think is going to be such a, a crucial part yeah. of growing the NWSL is really, you know, these young fans um, telling their parents, being like, "Hey, I want to go, I want to go see Rose Lavelle, like I want to go, I want to go see Megan Rapinoe play, like boys and girls, yes, yeah. take me to the game," um, and that's going to be super, super important. I mean, it's already starting. Sky Blue FC, they were able to yeah. play at the uh, arena because mm-hmm. they had such a high turnout. And I think as that continues, it'll be more accessible to people. Like now, people from New York City—that's a closer, that's yeah, a closer arena for them to go to. So they want to support; they can just go to New We've Jersey right there. We want to go. I know. Forever. I know. That's my goal for this year. We is will to go to a game. We'll make it happen. Yeah, we will. Chelsea's going to talk a little bit about Citizens Giving. Manchester's doing an amazing project that they do every year for their cause for Manchester Girl Empowerment. Yeah. So basically, it's um, we have young leaders, which is kind of. A name that we call ourselves, which we're community involved. So Young Leaders is a title for people who are basically using soccer as a tool to combat social issues. So unfortunately, a social issue is gender inequality. And what they do in Manchester is they have young girls um, basically show and gain confidence in knowing that they can make a difference in soccer Unfortunately, we have to prove ourselves sometimes by getting asked by someone how, like, what's our favorite players or whatever the case may be. But I think it's important to start from a young age, like you mentioned earlier, um, bringing boys and girls to a game, just showing them that we can also play the game of soccer. So Manchester really does an amazing job on tackling that social issue, which shouldn't even be a social issue. Right. But I think it's important that people... Um, bring attention to it because the more people talk about it, the more that people will give opinions, the more that people might want to make a change. And Manchester is doing that. And I think it's awesome because being a girl, woman, myself who plays soccer, it's unfortunate unfortunate that I've combat some issues where people play against me and they're like, oh yeah, like you guys have 10 people, we have 11, but we have a girl, so we're fine. It's like, (laughs) I'm a human being. I count as one of the players on the field. Wow. And there's other stories where they're like, oh, don't mark her because like you don't need to be marked, but if I have the ball, you're going to want to take it away from me, right? So you're going to have to mark me. So it's just, I, I love the idea of Manchester having their young leaders be the role models to the younger generation of girls, showing them like 
don't even care about what the, these boys say. If you learn how to play soccer, you will be able to do that. Whatever you put your mind to, whatever you want to learn, if you really want to go forth with it, you will you will do it. But you obviously you need people to kind of guide you in that direction. And these young leaders um, are basically their role models, their teachers. So shout out to Manchester and their girls empowerment. Shout out to Manchester. It's also kind of like trickling that. down into New York City. We have our own program soccer block in the summer. And during the summer, we had one site in Brooklyn that was literally just all girls. Yes. It was just all girls playing soccer. They went to our tournament, and they were trying. Like, it was the first time playing soccer, too, and they fell in love with it, and they kind of gave it all, all their all. And, like, mm-hmm. Chelsea was coaching for soccer block, so she kind of saw so many young girls just learning the game, and it was just really coaching, incredible. Huh? Yeah. yeah, that's something coaching. I've always thought about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love it. It's literally the best thing ever. I get confused as one of the participants often yeah. because <laughs> of my height, but... It's something that I don't mind at all because these kids are amazing. They're very funny. I love working with kids because they're very unexpected, but they're very honest. So so um, perceptive. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Soccer Block is an amazing program where kids from underserved communities come out and learn the game of soccer for the first time or whether they're continuing their love for their sport. And Soccer Block also tackles social issues and... We are really big on gender inequality. It's not one of our social issues because we have other social issues, but it's something that we incorporate into the program. Just for example, starting off with me being a coach, we give young leaders the opportunity to coach, right? Because unfortunately, there also aren't a lot of and that's female such a hard coaches. Thing to learn. Yeah, yeah. It's always something I've like even thought about, like wanting to coach. Um, like we have crazy schedules. But uh-huh. I was like, I'd love to like coach a youth team like one night a week. Like, how do you learn how to do that? Like, you know. Yeah. So it's awesome that they're giving you guys the opportunity. Yeah, yeah I actually started cool. because I used to play at South Bronx United, which is a nonprofit organization, and I loved working with kids and I love soccer. So I get to do best of both worlds by coaching. And honestly, it's it's a learning experience in the beginning. I think it's you just need to find your group of kids that you want to work mm-hmm. with, right? You can work for academy kids. You can work for community kids. You can just volunteer. And I think it's kind of figuring out where you fit in and where you feel like you can give the most of your genuine self. Because I'm not going to lie, I am not the most technical. I am not the most spot on when it comes to like neither I was, was Jose Mourinho I, I can't be like oh yeah did you see that play where this that the third happened because I honestly don't know but when it comes to like I'll obviously know I know how to play and I can give some technical um, direction behind the actual play and I just love working with kids because I think they're the, obviously they're the future so just starting with them it's you never know what little thing you say resonates yeah, and sticks with 100%. them when they take for the rest of That's their so life. That's so cool. That's so cool. And I think you're right. I mean, coaching is a, an entirely different skill set, right? Yeah. And, it, you know, being a, a good, great player doesn't necessarily equate to you being a good coach. And I think that we've seen clear examples of that um, on the professional level. But what I think is so cool about what you're doing is that, you know, these young boys are going to be looking up to you. Yeah. And it's like, this is a really cool, knowledgeable, awesome woman coach. And for you to be in that role of being a role model, also a female, just sets such an awesome, awesome, awesome precedent. <laughs> and it's really, really cool. Um, and I'm super, super proud and happy that, that you're out there doing that. Thank Absolutely. you. I really appreciate it. Of so course. Much. What are your favorite women players? <laughs> and who are you dying to meet? 
Well, oh, so I'm obsessed with Rose Lavelle. I cannot yeah, Susanna like Lavelle I have because she is just this little firecracker. I just love her, oh, and man. she's like just this pint-sized powerhouse, oh, my God, yes. fearless, mm-hmm. absolutely fearless. Like I feel like I feel like everybody, but mine is like Megan Rapinoe. Like I feel yeah. like if I really ran into her, I would really like not know what to say mm-hmm. and be super starstruck by the rock star that she yeah. is. It'd be like running into Messi. Yeah. But more. Yeah. Because I really love her. Oh my gosh. She's she's, <laughs> she's incredible. incredible. Yeah, mine would be mine would be Megan Rapinoe. Um in terms of like women in general, we were talking about this <laughs> when I was driving up here. I was like, I could go on and on. I was like the Williams sisters, like their one, right? Like Venus and Serena Williams, like oh, in the yeah. world of tennis, like what they've done and just making tennis relevant, right? Like being yeah. like the Tiger Woods of golf. Literally. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I think tennis, I think them before I think anyone else. There's so many women that I'd love to meet, but those two would be one. I'm going to put Michelle like, Obama on top of my... <laughs> top she's of like everyone. I know. Our, exactly. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be another. We can, if we're going that route. RBG. Yeah. God the, love her. If she's listening, Beyonce, we'd like to meet you. <laughs> Stevie <laughs> Nicks. Dolly Parton. I don't know. I've got like this like whole, this whole, but all of them possess, you know, one quality and that is, uh, you know, they have this in common that they're, they are all so strong and they have all come up against, uh, you know, those gender stereotypes in their career and have fought through them and have broken down walls and, you know, I think for, for Jill and I in a very, you know, small way and what we're, we're trying to do as we pave our way in the soccer space here, um, those are the people that you look up to and the people that probably got knocked down a fair few times and just kept going. And And that's inspirational. And you know what's funny too when I was just thinking about them? All of them are relatively outspoken about whatever issues they're dealing with. If they want to stick up for race inequality, gender inequality, they are pretty outspoken Mm -hmm. in their own ways of doing it. So it's it's being respectful and it's also like knowing your your place because at the end of the day there's things we want to say sometimes and we can't because we we have jobs and we have commitments and things that we've sure. made but you can't just go on a tirade all the time because you know you want to fight the good fight <laughs> but they use their platforms to the best of their abilities and they even push the envelope sometimes and I really respect that and then it trickles down to wonderful women like yourselves and what you guys are doing right oh. It's just so hard. It was like heart touching. <laughs> um, Kim Chelsea, what do you guys think? Favorite player? Go. <laughs> okay. Uh, my favorite player was Alex Morgan. Oh. Yes, I was going to say that. Yeah. That's a good one too. Yeah. Eight shit to it. Eight. She's um, like what? Seven months pregnant. Oh, so she, I oh my god. No, she no, no, no. says she's going to give herself exactly three months bef- uh, from giving birth. To playing <laughs> in the Olympics. So rock yeah. star. We are like. So into that stuff. Oh my god. Did you see the video? I posted on my Twitter a while back of her. I think at this point she would have been like six months pregnant. And she's at training like I saw that. It was so good. I was like, like, oh my god. And I didn't even like I thought it was an old video because her back was facing, right? Yeah. And then when she turned around and you're like in the shot, and I was like, no way, this is brand new. (laughs) I love that though. Yeah, it's amazing. It gives us all hope, right? Because if you decide if you ever want to have kids or anything like that, that like your your career and what you're passionate about, like you don't have to give it yeah. up like so many of us think. Like, mm-hmm. look at her. She's outside. Yeah. She's hot. And she's still playing soccer. Yep. Like, she can get kicked with that ball. But she's out there doing what she has to do to, like, take her career still. Yeah. I also feel bad because I, I, I think that there's also a lot of pressure that comes with 
being a woman athlete in the sense of, for example, like Serena Williams after her, they had, she had a child, it was like, oh, like they were judging her because she didn't snap back as quick or she wasn't as good. And they made it seem like because she had a child, she was no longer the same. And it's like people are have their peak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so unfortunate that people judge other people for being a regular human being, having their own family, regardless of having their career behind and their platform. It's just, to me, it just astonishes Well, and also, the reason we're all here is because of women. Yes. Right? <laughs> Literally. Can we just say that right now? Like, women give birth. And if yeah. you make that choice that you want to give life to this world... That is not anything to be punished for. That is not something to be derided for. It is something to be celebrated. And who the heck cares how she swings a tennis racket, you know, two weeks after she gives birth? Broadcasting, too. Like, Suzanne and I have had, like, very private, like, tirade conversations (laughs) about this. Because um, in a male-dominated industry, it... And I, it does affect the, them in the way that, like, if they're gone for the weekend, you know, because they have to go broadcast a game, they're, they're still a dad who is away from their son or daughter for two or three nights, right? And every parent wants to get home for bath time or yeah. hang with their kid, whatever it is. But you'll hear them reference that all the time because <laughs> we reference our own lives, right? Like, how are you working out? What are you doing? Like, we talk about everything we do in our life, but you will not hear women, especially in broadcasting, and probably not if you're not at the pinnacle, right, in sports, if you're, like, here and you're still just trying to, like, survive, you will not hear women reference, like, all the things that they have to do with their kids. Like, I did not hear people talk about their kids until I was around men in my business. Because women hide <laughs> it. Totally. Because you don't want to be judged. Oh, we're, at the end of the day, you're, you're very much like a freelancer in, in a lot of the roles. Like, you might maybe, you know, like Susanna, full-time at MLS or... I'm a full-time-ish, a contract with Atlanta United doing their sideline stuff. But we, we want to pick up other gigs, right? Like, Suze does really cool stuff with the Premier League. Um, I'll do stuff with Turner and E-League. So, you know, you don't want them to get to hear, like, oh, Jill's starting to not have as much time. Maybe Jill doesn't have as much time to prep. Maybe Jill doesn't have as much time to come in a day early. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't want to put that out there. But somehow men have no problem putting that out there. Yeah. And they never get lashback for it. Meanwhile, like, I've been in meetings. I've been on conference calls where I've heard, like, well, so-and-so is pregnant. So we don't know if she's going to want to come back. Like, they're already planning for, yeah, is this woman going to want her, her job? Right? And, and sure, I understand that they have to do their due diligence and their planning. And I understand that. But men have no problem referencing well, I really need to know my uh, I need to know my schedule because I have a kid. Do you know how often Suzanne and I find out like the day before where like <laughs> can you go do this please? Oh, and can you be gone for 5 days? And you're like eh. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, like it's a great part of our job. It's an exciting part of our job. I think it's what we both like live for. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say then like your family life is really thought about. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think mm-hmm. it kind of sucks cuz just in general, in any field you go in, women tend to put off having kids just because they like, I need to make money, I need to focus on my career because they know once they have kids, they might have to take a year off. They might have mm-hmm. to take a certain amount of time off while men don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of athletes who are women, you don't see them, they're married for 10 years and they never have kids because they know if I have a kid, I can't play again mm-hmm. probably. I won't be making money and like, who's going to be supporting me? And it's, um, I mean, shout out to like the WNBA. They kind of have a new CBA and they have full pay for maternity leave now. They're giving 
two-bedroom apartments to any player that has kids. And That's I just think, awesome. Oh, oh I love that. That, that is awesome. I'm learning so much on this podcast. Awesome, it's awesome, incredible. awesome. And I just hope that all women league start kind of providing Following that. Suit. Yeah, because it's amazing. Heck yes. Here for it. Here for it. <laughs> Good one. Um, so just to close off. <laughs> What are some messages you have for our listeners? What's some, you know, some That's advice, something, anything? Yeah. That's um, something that we, like we always do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to what we were talking about at the top of this show, and um, something that you know, I've had a, I've had a really kind of interesting career path to get to to where I am. But the one thing that I think I sort of held onto, and the one thing that has helped me the most, is finding my own voice and being yourself, because nobody can be you. You know, like, no, you, that is, <laughs> like, you can try to be Aaron Andrews, or you could try you to will. be, you will sit yes, there and be like, yes. oh, Hannah that's Storm, what she's doing. Katie with them, all, you know, and, and as Jill said, like, you know, great to look up to, to women like that, but find your own voice because that is the only thing that is going to set you apart from other people and, and feel empowered by it. You know, believe in what you say, believe in yourself, always find your own worth because you're going to get knocked down at some points and sometimes you're going to have to be the one that builds you back up, but just stay true to who you are. It's the best thing that you can be. And it's also a really empowering feeling to just know that your voice matters. I'll ride off that. You stay true to yourself and Suzanne and I've talked a lot about this. Prepare. Yes, no work one, hard, put the work in. No one can out-prepare you, right? You do your work, you, you, you take the notes, you watch the games, and then when you're comfortable in what you're going to talk about and you feel confident in what you're going to talk about because you've done the work, your personality can shine through. And all three of you and anyone listening, like we all have our own personalities. We all have our own quirks. Um, and if you are prepared and you know what you want to talk about, your personality is going to shine through in the fun moments. And at the end of the day, I think media in general is taking a turn towards kind of like more personality. Mm-hmm. Even like one moment I think a lot about, it has nothing to do with sports. I don't know what if it was the Oscars, the Grammys, whatever, when Adele had to stop. And yes. she, like, she didn't love her start. Yeah. She went like five seconds in and I was like, oh, I totally get that. Like the amount of times I've started something and I'm like, all the work, <laughs> all the prep I've put in and I have like, I screwed this up because I stumbled on my two or three words in. Now, I'm not saying you should start and stop like on the air because no one's told me that that's cool yet. I'm also not a dad. But <laughs> I, I really respected her for that of like, you know what? It's okay to just be yeah. like, take a breath mm-hmm. and whatever you're doing, just be like, you know what? I want to say that better. I want to do that better because I think people nowadays in the world of social media are really respecting when they see your human yeah, side. Human so side. never be afraid to show that like, Listen, I live in, I, I don't have a great apartment. Um, like, my car's hubcap is off. Like, <laughs> I, yes, I have this cool life where I'm getting on and off airplanes or this snap. But, like, I'm in the last row. Or, oh, um, I pulled an eyelash off. Like, it's okay to oh just God, still show that. who, <laughs> it's okay to still show yeah. who we are. Yeah. Like, sometimes Suzanne and I look so horrible. <laughs> and, or we are so not what people think that we just look at each other and we just laugh. And we're like, thank God, like, no one is around right now. So, like. No one's living that cool of a life. Like, just stay true to who you are and, and laugh at it. You have to laugh yeah. at it. Embrace it, yeah. Good sense of humor. Kim, Helps. Last thoughts? Just stay true to yourself, as you guys are saying. Um, society is definitely changing now. And Thank more God. Women, <laughs> more women are coming into the industry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're going to become stronger. We're going to be out there soon enough that the men are going to be like, I should have done something before. 
and just realize that we are strong and we are the same as them. Amen. And I support like women, that. support women. Yes. It's yeah, very yes. important. Group hug. Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly think that any type of positive change should be embraced because I feel like often people think that we need to make a big difference and then celebrate that. I think any positive change in the right direction should be acknowledged. And I feel like sometimes that goes over our head because we feel like, oh, that should have already mm-hmm. been addressed. That should have already happened. But I feel like we should just embrace that because it's one step closer to where we want to be. And honestly, I think that you two just being on this podcast is inspirational because um, us three going into the field of corporate or whatever we decide to go into, it's intimidating. Um, I think that just seeing you two being your genuine selves and getting so far and just killing it, I think that for our listeners, even having you on the podcast, it's like our two worlds kind of colliding and combining, just learning from you. And I think it's just awesome, right? Because I, like I said, it's intimidating when you go into corporate and it's a bunch of men in suits or um, maybe they're not in suits because soccer has like this kind of cool (laughs) Indian thing where they kind of dress down, which I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, I think going to corporate is super, super intimidating. But when you have role models like you two, where it's like, you guys are killing it. It's like, Oh no, like I can be myself and totally kill it in corporate. Yes. Whatever direction you, um, decide to pursue your life. I yeah, mean, yeah, one and doing that. stuff like this helps. Yes, mm-hmm. being comfortable. Do you know how uncomfortable sometimes if I'm in a new setting and I'm meeting my boss and Jill, you're gonna go do this? Uh, I did E League, right? It, it's FIFA. It's video game competition, and it's gonna be my first time doing it. So I'm in this new setting, right? And and it's very scary for me. But as long as you know who you are and you talking to people like this is so helpful. Yeah, I'm just gaining those types yeah. of mm-hmm. skills that even if you never do a podcast when you're 40 years old, there's so much that you guys are all taking away from this and just planning what you want to say, having an adult conversation. I think something I'm really surprised about a lot of the time is uh, I had a young girl call me today who wants is doing like in arena hosting and she wants to make the move into more TV. And she was so lovely and so courteous and so polite. I sometimes I'm surprised that people don't even know how to have a conversation, yeah. like kind of a proper or more formal conversation. Mm-hmm. We all know how to talk, right? right? But you need to also know how to have like those proper and yes. formal conversations and doing stuff like this is, is huge. Yes. Yeah. And it's not only in corporate, like I am a sport management major and there's probably three other women in my classes. And when I first transferred from dental hygiene, which was primarily women, and then I went into that. I was so intimidated. Like, walking into a classroom, I'm like, people are going to think I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They do. They look at you a certain way. And then when you speak up, they're kind of, like, shocked. And it's, it's really annoying to get that look like, oh, crap. Like, she actually put in the work, work, right? Yeah. yeah. But it has taught me so much going into, hopefully, like, future careers that as long as you know what you're doing, you prepare, like, you'll be able to shine through and kind of like we said earlier, like stop overthinking. And I think that's what we're all trying to work Working on. Progress. Yes, <laughs> Working progress. Same. Same. Just like, if you know what you're talking about, like no one else knows what you're going to say except for you. So if you know, if you're confident, then you'll be able to You guys are such good shape, man. Seriously. Seriously. New model for this year. Confidence You guys are crushing it already. Oh, thank you. Thank you guys for coming. We thank you for having us. Time. We loved having yes. you on the podcast. Thank this you. was really, really fun. You guys are great. Thank you.